0: Hey friends, it's Andy. Welcome to our new show, Accelerate Expresso. Look, I mean, I know you're busy, and it's hard to keep up with all six of the great episodes we publish each week. So, with this show, Accelerate Expresso, we're going to deliver highlights from each episode from the previous week. And in the process, give you short, delicious shots of insight from a show you might have missed. And to help amp you up for the coming week. Now, before we jump into it, please remember to visit iTunes or Google Play or wherever you listen. To subscribe to this podcast. And while you're there, leave a review, please, for Accelerate. We need your feedback to ensure that we keep delivering the high levels of value you expect. Okay, let's expresso. First up on this week's Expresso from episode 547 is Josh Ellidge. Josh is the founder of Upend PR and chief executive of Savings Angel. And in this conversation, we dive into the differences between PR and promotion, and we talk about tactics to help build
1: awareness of your brand. So, philosophically, you know, the way I believe in, in uh, you know, as a, as a business owner, first off, our number one job is to grow our business. I'm going to work my way back to that. Um, so, how do we do that? Well, I believe that, um, you know, again, number one job is to grow your business, a la Michael Gerber. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how do you do that? Well, I believe that the two best ways to grow a company quickly, or you know, st- or uh, very methodically and and you know, kind of a sure bet path is to network with influencers because influencers have the ability to wave their magic wand, put you in front of big audiences, and yes, you can have big, big, big launches. Okay, so network with influencers because they and and you you know do so in a way where they respect you. Number two is serve large audiences. And the more you give to audiences, the more they will say, man, I love that Andy guy. I I got so much value. I feel like I want to reciprocate. I mean, if there's anybody I do business with in that space, I want to make sure it's him because of how much he's introduced me to. And so um you've got this law of reciprocity kicking in, you've got the mm-hmm. no like and trust. Of course, the more you give to people, the more they more time they want to spend with you because they're like, "Oh my gosh, that was a great um, you know, that was instant value. I want more value from Andy." And so they keep tuning in or they keep checking your um your blog or they keep, you know, looking forward to your email because y- you're giving them the goods. And and this is a thing too that I think some marketers and entrepreneurs struggle struggle with is they say, well, wait a minute, I don't want to give away what I've got behind my paywall because if you want the really good stuff, you're going to have to pay for it. And, and that's kind of akin to imagining if you were in a Broadway musical and the Today Show calls and says, look, we want to have you on next week, Thursday, and we want you to perform. You know, your your kind of your hit song from your big, you know, Broadway production. And you say, okay, we'll do that. Um, but I'm gonna kind of hold back a little bit because, well, you know, this TV audience, they're they're not paying tickets. Right. They're Ooh. they're not ticket holders. We'll sing so, every other word. Uh, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, we'll sing every other word. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> And that's kind of what we do when we say, well, you know, I I, I want to tease, oh, if you want want the real good stuff, you're going to have to look on a page, you know, page 112 of my new book, You two Could Be a Winner or something like that. You're not going to do that because people – We're just in this age, I think, you know, I'm very much in the go-giver philosophy. It's just, you know, give, 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 give. And, you know, people, uh, not everybody, but enough people uh, will like you enough that they'll say, well, look, obviously I'm not going to get everything, uh, you know, in reading, um, you know, a a 1,000 word page or 1,000 word article or a 20 minute podcast conversation. So I want a deeper dive. And that's, of course, then when they engage with you. Uh, and you know, you keep your prices high, uh, because those people are pretty motivated. Uh, you know, they know that you can bring them value based on, um, you know, based on all the trust that you've built with them. On
0: Tuesday in episode 548, I spoke with Randall Bell. Randall's the CEO of the Landmark Research Group. He's also the author of Me, We, Do, Be, the four cornerstones of success. And as you'll hear, it's all about the habits, your habits, the power of habits. And we talk about the four cornerstones that are foundational habits that you build around me habits, we habits, do habits, and be habits.
2: Yeah, it really does. Because, you know, the biggest mountain in the world is made out of tiny grains of sand, which I liken to a daily habit. They add up. The ocean is filled with tiny drops of water. So, your daily habits add up. And anybody who gets wealthy knows that they do it a dollar at a time. You read a book a page at a time. So, if a lot of these complex disasters or, or complex problems, people think that the answer has to be big and complex. It doesn't. It actually is the reverse. It, it comes down to being very, very simple, very straightforward, a step at a time. That's what creates authentic growth for sales or for leadership or for anything, quite honestly.
0: Okay. Well, you've got the book divided into four cornerstones and we're going you know, briefly go through those. So maybe for people who have read Charles Duhigg's book about power of habit, when you're talking about the cornerstones, you're really talking about, I think, what he calls keystone habits. And why don't you explain what, what those are?
2: Yeah, I've read his book, and it's a good one. Uh, but my book takes a different angle, though, uh, because I'm talking about the four cornerstones of life. What those are, and you can take any life, any business, and divide them into these four cornerstones. Uh, the first one is me. Me is our mindset. It's it's everything we believe, think, and feel. So that everything going on in our in our minds is is really the essence of me. We is connections, uh, relationships, um, how we relate to other people, how we attract a good team, how we get rid of toxic people, all the things surrounding uh, we and connections and relationships. Do is productivity. In economics 101, you learn about land, labor, and capital. But in Do, in the book, we're talking about physical fitness. We're talking about financial fitness. We're talking about having a a good, solid environment uh, with our home space, our workspace, that kind of thing. And then the final cornerstone B is what we're becoming. It's our legacy. It's uh, its really our our our, our future, what, we're, what future we're creating. So, it's managing our time, setting goals, and creating a legacy.
0: Next up on Wednesday was episode 549. My guest was Hugh McFarlane. He's the originator of The Buyer's Journey, author of The Leaky Funnel, and founder and CEO of Align.me. And in this episode, we talk about the investments you can make in your marketing team that will increase revenues and close rates. And we'll talk about how the timing of your investment in improving market effectiveness influences the ultimate sales attainment numbers that you get.
3: Because of the, the, the relay race analogy is okay. that you know, it, it isn't about sales guy needs to know how to write a blog copy. Sales guy doesn't. Sales guy needs to know that if somebody's read four blogs and they've downloaded a white paper, that they're probably worth talking to. That's what sales guy needs to know. So, and to your earlier point, uh, they know the signals that might indicate the conversation that ought to be had. That's what sales guy needs to know, not how to write the copy. Likewise, marketer doesn't need to know how to ask those penetrating questions, does need to know what issues should be surfaced with the blog that help the sales guy and what issues shouldn't be surfaced because sales guy says, whenever we get a prospect troubled about that problem, the second one. Nothing happens when they get troubled about the first problem, happiness. So though we we need to understand the end to end process, but not do each other's job. I think.
0: Well, and uh, these turf wars are seemingly never ending between sales and marketing, now customer success groups. Excuse me, and in some respects, it seem to be almost becoming more intense because you know, through automation and, you know, AI and, you know, the prog- you know, vast progression we're making with, with you know, bringing more intelligence and analytics into sales, marketing, and so on, is is I think people feel threatened to some degree, right? And so, staking out their turf and making it clear, you know, how much of the revenue they were responsible for uh, sort of leads, at least I've seen, you know, to more of this infighting, even though, again, you'd think they'd know that they work better together and get better outcomes together than separately?
3: We, we spoke a minute ago, Andy, about process. Um, we, we looked at, in the most recent alignment uh, study that we did, um, we looked at 10, pardon me, we looked at about 30 factors, but we found 10 worth talking about. Uh, of those 10, though, there's probably three really, really worth talking about, and we've spoken already of one of them, which is process. And the, the notion there is a combined process. So I wanted to spend a minute on that process bit before we sure. get into other pieces, the um, there seemed to be for we we looked in our first alignment report at about thirteen hundred companies. Uh, the more recent one we had a deeper dive with a smaller number of companies, only five hundred in the second study, um, and we found that there's a really um, really linear progression. Um, companies typically embrace sales process first, then they'll embrace marketing. Process, but they'll be different, second and different. Then there'll be a combined process, single process that mm-hmm. sells the line up behind. That's the relay race analogy, I think. Um, and then the fourth one, probably not surprising, is just an optimization of that single process. So getting really good data around what's working, what's not.
0: On Thursday, in episode 550 550, I spoke with Srihari Kumar. Srihari is the CEO at Zen IQ. It's an AI driven account based orchestration system. And we dive into what account based orchestration means and how it fits into the whole account based sales movement. And we talk also about the value of predictive analytics in this whole space.
4: Yes. So I think it's going to go through this wild roller coaster of, oh, it's going to do everything for me, right? I don't need to uh, do anything. And then they will. They will reach the they will crash into this trough of disillusionment saying oh AI is never going to work and then I think they will realize okay there is this balance uh, the machine um, though it's called artificial intelligence it's not never going to be intelligent it's going to automate what is uh, what needs massive amount of data processing so let's take some examples mm-hmm. so um, First good example I will take, which uh, we are solving as, as one of the problems. Automatically find all those people that your company has sold to in the past, but those people have moved into new jobs, which you know in companies that happen to be in your territory as a salesperson, mm-hmm. And you don't know about it because some somebody else had sold them, right? Because you know they were and they were a customer, so they are open to listening to you. So you want to be there first, right? Congratulate them on their job and and be there, and it's a much easier sale. Now, if can the human do it? Yes, right. It, it takes a lot of effort. Is this the ideal task for the machine to do? Absolutely, sure. Right? Right. And. And so this is this is a very popular one that we do in our platform, uh, where we present the salesperson with, here are all the people who have moved, uh, who, who used to be your customer, moved into a new company that is a target account for you. Go sell, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: So there are many many examples like this, um, and and that is where if you leverage AI. Uh, you free up the salesperson to actually do the selling rather than all these repetitive tasks research tasks
0: yeah, and that falls into one of the camps that that we talked about before right for AI that that seem to be more more practical and perhaps less likely to sort of fall into the trough as as you'd mentioned because yeah they're sort of less less fantastical and, they, and they're sort of in my mind they they're not yeah, you know, ins- inserting themselves between the salesperson and the customer. Right. Which I think is still, to me, that's still somewhat problematic for for AI. Not to say it won't get there at some point in time, but not clear what that would be and what it would be that would have the best the best use for it.
4: Yes. Yes. Although so, I'm, I'm, you know, honestly, uh, there are approaches like yeah, the, there's there are companies that are automating the emails
5: mm-hmm. that.
4: Uh, the email conversations, literally, right? Sure, right. Uh, and I am still skeptical of that, uh, though I have seen some pretty in- impressive demos of, of, of that. Of course, those are mm-hmm. demos, right? We're allowed to see in the real world how it works.
0: And then finally, on Frontline Friday, episode 551, Bridget and I spoke about how our attitudes and behaviors toward others impact our careers. It's sort of a topical and important topic and you'll want to check it out.
5: Well, and I I, I think that's really true, and I appreciated that our CEO made a comment, and it wasn't a, it, it was a question, it was a curiosity, and that he was aware enough that he was observing this interaction, and called it out, and just said, huh, did that seem okay? And for me too, that this had gotten, become normalized to me, it's mm-hmm. like, oh my God, these guys kid around all the time. But and I'm not, I'm not in the same area that that they are, but still normalized enough that I didn't pay attention. And God, I'm just, I'm also appreciative that we do have a culture that this is a great thing about an Israeli culture that has been a big um, plus for Logs.io. Is we bring stuff up, we talk about stuff super transparent and just you got to speak up and mm-hmm. we encourage it and we allow it and mm-hmm. i think hopefully that will help to safeguard against normalizing something that again over it's it seems innocuous at first and it can just escalate and then you get some issues like we've read about recently
0: thanks again for joining us until next week on accelerate Expresso, this is andy paul Good selling, everyone. So that's it, friends. Another excellent week of Accelerate, the world's best sales podcast. Please take 30 seconds right now, go to iTunes, subscribe, leave a review. I personally want to know what I can do to make this an even more valuable resource for you. For our regular listeners, I'll see you bright and early Monday morning. For everyone else, we'll see you again back here next week. Until then, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.